This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Hey, welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. It's a Saturday morning. What a week it's been. I'm sure you're exhausted. The fatigue has set in already for the first week of 2021. What do you think? (laughs) The first full week of 2021. And I want to get to all of it here on the show today. Great to have you along for the ride this morning, trying to wake you up, get you going for the day. We'll keep it somewhat lighthearted. We'll talk about some deep issues. I know there are some things that you desperately want to talk about, so we'll give you the opportunity to do so right here on Kansas Talk. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you today. We have some time for some open lines. We also have some great guests coming on the program. We'll get to here in just a second. All of it on Kansas Talk here on KQAM. Presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. Make sure to check them out for all your gold and silver needs. It's Phil's Coins, again, 9344 West Central Avenue. Also online at philscoins.com. You can go and check them out. They're open uh, in about a half hour at 930. They're open until 230 this afternoon, every single Saturday, plus throughout the week as well. Make sure and go and check those guys out. Phil Martinez, wonderful guy. We get him on the show about once a month or so and chat about some of the latest and greatest when it comes to the gold and silver markets. Coming up on the program today, we have another, like I said, a big one. I know that you are probably extremely fatigued from this week. It's been a stressful week. It's been a wild week, and I want to give you an opportunity to call in and talk about all of it that happened. Where are you at with all of this? We have the certification of the Electoral College votes that I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on, obviously, because that's out of Washington, D.C., but it's now it's beginning to affect Kansas. What's going to happen here in the state of Kansas? The Democrats have lost their minds and are going after some of the delegation here in Kansas. So we'll talk about that in just a second. We have the state legislative session that's about to kick off here in a week or so. And we're excited about what's going to happen up there. I am uh, truly, honestly, I am very excited about the legislative session this year because we have a lot more Republicans up there, a lot more conservative Republicans up there. And Governor Kelly's going to have to kind of work her way around to try and start working with the legislature instead of fighting against them. Although she probably still will. It's just going to be a little bit different scenario. So we'll talk about that. Uh, We're going to start getting some legislators on the show uh, over the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the legislative session. So I want to talk about that as well. At the bottom of the hour, excited to have on uh, uh, Betty Scarborough. She is the president of the Unmask the Truth movement. She is one that held one of the rallies on uh, Wednesday for the certification of the Electoral College here in Wichita. So some activism going on in the local community. Kudos to those guys. And uh, again, we love activism. Regardless of what side you're on, we love activism. So I want to talk to Betty about that because where do we go from here? What do we do now? And what kind of activism can we have in the community? Continuing on with that conversation at 10 o'clock to kick off hour number two, David Thorne. He is the new Sedgwick County Republican chairman. He'll be joining us to talk about some of the activism that you can have in the community. And how you can actually get involved with the Republican Party, how you can fight for conservative values, how we get prepared for the next election, and what we can do uh, from there on as well. So looking forward to talking with David Thorne here in hour number two. And wrapping it up for the last half hour of the program at 1030, Dalton Glasscock, the former Sedgwick County Republican chair and the Sedgwick County commissioner that's about ready to leave office tomorrow after the transition. We have him in studio with us for a half hour talking about some of the county issues and his farewell from the Sedgwick County Commission. So looking forward to chatting with him as well. But until then, open lines to you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK, because holy cow, let's take a breath, shall we? After this last week, we kind of need another vacation. 
Can we have another New Year celebration? Can we have another three-day weekend after what happened over this week with the Electoral College, with the protests that happened in Washington, D.C., and the fallout that's happened since then all across the board? It's been a wild week. If you haven't heard the voice of reason throughout the week, I've been saying where it's it's been frustrating at the same time. I haven't necessarily been very hard on those that breached the U.S. Capitol because uh, protest, uh, as AOC wonderfully put it, now she's trying to remove it from Twitter, is that sometimes protest needs to make you feel uncomfortable. Well, that one definitely made you feel uncomfortable. And I just love the response of some of the mainstream media and the Democrats calling these individuals domestic terrorists when we had three months of an incursion, truly holding a city hostage with an autonomous zone where the National Guard was never called in and the mayor of Seattle really said, well, we're just going to have a summer of love. So if we're going to punish these individuals for having a violent, quote-unquote, protest that was mostly peaceful, then why don't we do that for all of them that happened in 2020 where we had buildings burned down, we had uh, auto dealerships looted, we had uh, riots going on in the streets. Why didn't we treat all of them the same? as opposed to just Republicans. And I know that you have a lot of strong opinions on that, so I want to give you an opportunity to voice your opinions on that at 316-721-8255. What do you think after the uh, events that happened throughout this week, the certification of the Electoral College? It's all done now um, from that perspective. I don't know what's going to happen with President Donald Trump now. We see on Monday that they're going to be voting for a secondary impeachment. Okay, it's not going to do a whole lot. That's great. They're looking at criminal charges. They want to invoke the 25th Amendment to boot him out of office before the uh, the inauguration of Joe Biden. So now we're going from we just don't like him to now we're going to do everything we can to remove him sooner because he incited violence. I don't see where he incited violence. I don't understand that one. But it's not just Donald Trump. I don't want to focus on national issues on this because this is Kansas talk. I want to talk about issues here in Kansas. Unfortunately, with all of the snowballing effect that's what's happened with President Donald Trump and with the Electoral College and now with Democrats owning the U.S. House of Representatives, the U.S. Senate and the presidency, they have all they have both of those chambers, all three branches, uh, not all three branches, they have the Supreme Court, not yet, but they're going to stack the courts eventually here soon. But it's coming down to not just Donald Trump and some of the Republican leaders, but to all of us. As the news broke yesterday, that not only did Donald Trump get banned from Twitter for life, not only did he get banned from Facebook indefinitely, not only did General Flynn or Lynn Wood, the attorney for Donald Trump, or uh, some of the big leaders of the Republican Party and the Trump movement get banned from social media yesterday, at the same time, they blocked input input blocks and uh, and, uh, whatever it is, 12-hour bans or whatever it is that they do on Twitter for anybody who shared a Donald Trump tweet as well. You also got banned. You also got thrown in Twitter and Facebook prison if you shared a Donald Trump tweet or a message because you now apparently are inciting violence. So now it's snowballing down to we won. Now we're going to rub it in and we're going to punish any of you who opposed us. Because, and again, that's a very dangerous precedent to set, I think, for the progressive end of the aisle. It's not surprising because they are more of the government control extremists, and we will give you your freedom. We'll also take away your freedom, and we don't want you to have an opinion, so we will silence your opinion is really where they like to stand. But it's starting to happen. They have now blocked people from uh, expressing their views on the interweb to where it's more difficult for you to communicate with them. That's the whole purpose of social media, isn't it? And now it's coming down to you. I know a lot of people over the last day or so that's been blocked on social media. Now you see some of the companies coming out wanting to actually ban Parler with their apps so where you can't even get on Parler. What does this all mean for Kansas? Well, guess what? Our delegation 
and thank uh, thankful for our delegation. Now, it didn't mean anything. It's more of a grandstanding kind of mentality because it wasn't going to go anywhere. It wasn't going to work. But at least they stood for it, and we appreciate that. With our Senator-elect Roger Marshall, thank you. With our Congressman Ron Estes here in the 4th District, thank you. With uh, the Congressman, uh, uh, Congressman now Tracy Mann from the 1st District, thank you. From the 2nd District, Jake LaTurner, thank you. All of them that contested and challenged the Electoral College votes to have a conversation. We were in the middle of the conversation before the crazy uh, protest happened, so I want to set the protest aside for just a second, and I want to talk about what was actually going on in Washington, D.C. Now, you and I both know that they're all just grandstanding. It didn't mean anything. It was just going to be the showboating to try and win over the support and the base of the Republicans and show that we can move forward, but that's what it was going to be. We spoke up against it. We challenged it, we did our two-hour debate, and then we can go back and we say, well, we did our best, now we can move forward. Nothing more than the grandstanding to win the base and then be able to move forward. I get that. I get that. It's still the fact that you stood your ground and did that. Thank you for that, for challenging the Electoral College, because most people know, what was the latest poll? 80% of Republicans know that the election was fraudulent. 30% of Democrats believe that the election was fraudulent. Like 50% of independents think the election was fraudulent nationwide. I mean, these are massive numbers, massive numbers, which makes sense. You can't sit in your basement for an entire month and get most the, the, the most amount of votes that any presidential candidate has ever gotten in the history of the U.S. Uh, during presidential races. You can't do that. Well, Joe Biden's on the campaign trail and he gets 12 people at a rally. Donald Trump was holding five rallies a day, getting 30,000 people at a rally. You can't do that and expect us to believe it. The things that make you go, hmm, it's just common sense. With over 3,000 affidavits of people saying they either did or saw shenanigans going on at polling places and vote counts at precincts, you know something's up. Now, again, that debate is done and over now, unfortunately. It shouldn't be, but it is. But you're supposed to, I mean, that's, it explains why people are upset. It explains why the protests actually happen. So our delegation in Kansas, thank you again, contested. Uh, Jerry Moran did not contest. Shame on you. But nothing uh, out of the ordinary. We didn't really expect you to actually stand up and actually do something about it because you haven't for really the entire time you've been in the U.S. Senate here in the state of Kansas. You vote whenever it's comfortable for you. But to stick your neck out and actually stand for something is very difficult for Jerry Moran. So uh, I guess that's what we expected from him. But for everybody else... Even though it wasn't going to, I mean, you would think, like, Jerry Murray, come on, everybody else is doing it in the delegation in Kansas, except for Therese Davids, a Democrat, typically. But Jerry Murray, you would think, well, it's not going to go through anyways. It's not going to actually be voted to not be certified. I might as well just take a stand and try and win over a large portion of my base in the state of Kansas. But he can't even do that. So, you know, kudos on you. Well done. Uh, you take the easy way out again, like usual. Jerry Moran, which is why he's never, ever come on my show in the six years that we've actually had a program. Uh, but that's okay. Whatever. But congrats, and we appreciate what all the other delegation here in the state of Kansas did. But it's taken it to a new level. And now we need to be concerned because now that Democrats have the presidency, the House of Representatives, and the Senate, that's a 50-50 break, but with the tiebreaker of Kamala Harris as the Senate president and vice president of the United States now, now they're going to go after Republicans, punish them. There are political experts now in the state of Kansas from Wichita State University, Neil Allen, from Friends University, uh, what's his name, Arvin Fox, whatever his name is, uh, have come out in the news now and said that, well, because the, especially Roger Marshall challenged the Electoral College, now he's going to be in bad light with leadership because now he's going to get punished. Welcome to the game of politics now. 
Because the game of politics says, oh, you stuck your neck out to stand for something. We're now going to punish you. And now that you're a freshman senator, now that you're coming in and trying to get on different committees, we're not going to give you any committees that you actually like. We're going to punish you because of that, making it more difficult to represent Kansas. You just need to get in line, vote in the comfortable situations, not really try and stick your neck out for anything. Because if you do, then we're not going to give you any leadership positions. You can't be doing that stuff. Can't be rocking the boat, man. Just go along with the flow. If you notice how quickly D.C. is desperate to get back to normal routine after Donald Trump's leaving office, but it's taking it to even another level. Now that Candace may not be properly represented because of the committees that Roger Marshall may or may not be able to get on in the U.S. Senate, at the same time, the Democrats have now released a statement. The Kansas Democrat Party is now calling for the expulsion of every Republican in the delegation in, in D.C., including Senator-elect Roger Marshall, including Ron Estes, including Jake LaTurner, including Tracy Mann. Three out of our four congressmen in our senator-elect. The Kansas Democrat Party have called for the expulsion to expel them from Washington, D.C. because they sided with conspiracy theorists and because they're inciting violence and because they're supporting Donald Trump. Here's the official statement from the Candace Democrat Party that was released 15 hours ago on social media. Quote, in the days since Roger Marshall, Tracy Mann, Jake LaTurner, and Ron Estes declared their intention to reject the certification of President-elect Biden's election victory, many have warned of the devastating harm that deceitful rhetoric can and will have. Nevertheless, Marshall, Mann, LaTurner, and Estes acted on bad faith by leveraging fringe theories and blatant disinformation to challenge the legitimacy of the 2020 presidential election results. It is time for Congress to act in order to safeguard the future of American democracy by expelling Senator Marshall and Representative Mann, LaTurner, and Estes from Congress. Furthermore, the Justice Department must investigate the violence that took place in the United States Capitol and Senator Marshall, Representatives Mann, LaTurner, and Estes' involvement in the matter. So not only should they be expelled from Congress because they sided with conspiracy theories and supported Donald Trump and challenging the Electoral College because they knew that there was fraud going on and they wanted to try and win over the Republicans and understand that they're trying to fight a little bit, but they should be challenged and interviewed by the Justice Department for their involvement in violence and rhetoric. These people are sick. Now, here's the really scary part. With Democrats running everything in D.C., if this gains traction nationally, every Republican in the House of Representatives, every Republican in the Senate could be up for something like this. They're going after the people. They want to challenge the protesters to the fullest extent of the law. And now they want to come after the elected officials in this. This could go national. The National Democrat Party could actually be doing something like this and going after the elected officials. How dare you challenge the Electoral College? The guy, uh, Josh Hawley, I forget what, what, where he's from. After the whole violence and everything happened and then they went back in and started debating the Electoral College again, he stood up and said, you know what, this doesn't change anything. There was still voter fraud. We still need to challenge this. And he did a beautiful speech. It was wonderful. After that... He has now been attacked by Democrats, by Republicans, and by his donors in D.C., and want they want him gone because how dare he? Why didn't he just fall in line and vote with everybody else again after the protest because now you're inciting violence? So now our delegation in Kansas supposedly incited the violence, supposedly had some type of involvement in the matter because they challenged the Electoral College. These people are absolutely sick, and I don't mean to do that to try and cause like frustration and anger first thing in the morning on a Saturday, but at the same time, this is stupid. But I wouldn't put it past the National Democrat Party, the DNC, to try and actually go 
for something like this to try and start doing challenges because we are now in power and we will not only just move Donald Trump to the side and move Republicans to the side and promote our own agenda, we're going to make you wish you never, ever, ever, ever supported him in your lifetime. And you're an elected official and still try to support him, you will be punished. You're a supporter of him as a just a general person in the general population, you will be punished. That's where we're at. Your thoughts, 316-721-8255. We've got some calls on the line I want to get to you. As soon as we come back, we'll take a break. Get your thoughts. The Candace Democrat Party, is this going too far? And what's our next step to try and counter some of this? Because they want to expel all of the Republican delegation out of Candace because how dare you have your own opinion. It's a crazy time in the world right now, isn't it? At the same time, we have our accounts being blocked and shut down on social media because we're inciting violence and uh, promoting conspiracy theories and supporting someone that they despise with an absolute passion. But don't worry, the election was completely legitimate in any way, shape, or form. They would never, like, try and silence the opposition. (laughs) Got to take a break. 23 minutes past the hour on Candace Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. Seven minutes past the hour. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Great to have you along for a Saturday morning. Trying to get you up, get you moving a little bit, maybe get that blood boiling just a little bit, get the energy and the adrenaline going, because that's what we do. Coming up in the next segment, Betty Scarborough, Unmask the Truth. She'll be joining us here on the show. Looking forward to chatting with her about where we go from now and the local activism that we can have in the community. Uh, had some calls during the break. They dropped off there, so give us a call back at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join in, I know that you have a lot of opinions on uh, everything going on right now, especially with the now the Candace Democrat Party wanting to expel all the Republican delegation because how dare you actually have your own opinion and vote a certain way because now you disagree with us, so therefore you're the ones inciting violence. Now, regard disregard the entire last year of violent protests all over the nation because, well, you know, we were fighting for something that we believe in, so we're going to burn buildings down and loot, you know, the, ca- the cash registers out of a Kmart or something. You know, don't worry about that. That's justified, but what you guys do by challenging the election because of voter fraud, that's uh, treasonous and that is domestic terrorism and you will be punished to the fullest extent of the law and we're going to expel you if you even think about having that opinion. It's a wild time. All we want to be, all we want to have is being treated fairly. That's all we want. That's all we want. Be treated fairly. If you allowed violence there, not that I'm advocating for violence at all, then why are you more harsh on someone there that took back the people's capital as opposed to burning down, you know, cars at a dealership? You held an autonomous zone for three months, and it was just a summer of love. You got to make those protests make people uncomfortable. But you guys can't do that. No, 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 no. You can't be doing something like that. And again, I don't want that. We can't be doing that. At the same time, now you're going to come after us and punish because, well, you guys are just evil. It's a weird time. We'll talk with Betty when we come back after the bottom of the hour. Plus, get your phone calls as well. Plus, I want to get into some state legislative issues. Who's coming into the legislature and what's the makeup going to look like? What could we see in the first couple weeks of the legislative session for Kansas 2021? All that coming up and more here on Kansas Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. You're listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. 
Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Saturday morning, trying to get you up and moving, get the blood flowing a little bit here. It's a little chilly outside, so make sure to stay warm. Although I will say that I have yet to wear a coat this winter. I know. Why? Well, doing kind of the cold therapy stuff, just trying to get uh, the blood flowing a little bit, and it's supposedly really, really good for you. We may talk about that a little bit later, but uh, yeah, even this morning, now uh-uh, doing the t-shirt, and that's about it, and uh, that's coming right out of the extremely cold shower. Didn't even turn on the heat in the shower, just to try and wake up and get moving, and it's kind of refreshing. I know everybody else is less like, oh, yeah, no, that ain't going to happen, but hey, you know what? I kind of enjoy it, so... Uh, kind of cool the blood pressure down after everything that's going on, right? Welcome back into it. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Uh, Kansas Talk, always presented by Phil's Coins. 9344 West Central Avenue right here in Wichita. Buying, selling, and trading for all your honesty and integrity. Uh, for all your buying and silver needs for gold and silver. The holidays are done. The markets look a little nuts right now when it comes to gold and silver. So now may be the time he keeps saying Phil Martinez, the owner of Phil's Coins, keeps saying that now's the time to buy silver because who knows where the prices are going to go, especially with the Biden administration potentially coming in and with uh, the massive amount of spending, the inflation that's going to cause, the lowering of the value of the dollar. Uh, it's going to be back to the hard content of valuables like gold and silver. So now's the time to go check it out, and Phil's Coins is the place to go do it. 9344 West Central Avenue. They are officially open now this morning. They're open until 2.30 this afternoon. On the line with us, I want to shift gears. We got some calls on the line as well. Don't go anywhere. I want to get to you here as well and get your thoughts on everything going on because it's a crazy time in the world. But I'm excited to have on the program. If you uh, heard the news or if you were the, even there over the last couple of days, on Wednesday during the certification of the Electoral College votes in D.C., uh, there was the protest to support President Donald Trump here in the Wichita area. There were the protests in D.C., there were protests in Topeka, and there were some here in Wichita as well with the Unmask the Truth organization and the founder of the Unmask the Truth Foundation uh, organization. It's Betty Scarborough with us here on the line. Betty, how are you this morning? I'm great. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you coming on the program very much. First off, thank you for hosting a rally here in Wichita because it's a difficult time and it seems like now it's almost a radical, wild position to stick your neck out there for anybody to go after if you say that you support President Donald Trump or if you say that you support conservative values or if you say that maybe something's a little wonky with the Electoral College and with the voting process. Uh, Did you guys get a good turnout on Wednesday? Um, I think we did pretty well. Um, we would have liked to have had more. Um, the report from the news that we had 50-plus there, and, um, you know, I think that uh, just because we advertised by word of mouth that, you know, we probably didn't get as big a reach as we would like to, but we were happy with what we had there. Well, it's not a bad turnout, especially when it's during the day on a work day. I mean, usually conservatives are the ones out there working, so it's difficult to go and show up and support some of these things. So I would say that's a good success. I agree, and I think that anybody who has a job and is working needs to be at work. <laughs> <So> that, <looks laughs> good. that is very true. Talk about the purpose of the rally. I mean, uh, we show our support for President Donald Trump, but it goes beyond President Donald Trump as well. It goes to the the certification of the vote. It goes to the conservative message that's very difficult to get out there right now. But talk about what you guys were out there doing and what you got away from it. We were out there um, standing up for the truth for freedom. We want election integrity. Um, We want, um, if there is fraud, 
in the election, which has been shown. Uh, we wanted it to be um, told. We don't want it to be hidden or brushed under the rug. And, and right now, a lot of the media is um, lying to the people and not telling the truth and not wanting the truth to come out and wanting things to go their way, um, which for the most part was not for President Trump. Yeah. And we were out there um, just standing up for President Trump, joining in with the nation. And uh, we were also out there in faith because we wanted to call out to the one true God to reveal the truth. And um, that was what my main prayer was when we were out there. And um, we are all for patriotism. We stand up for freedom. Um, our our vision for Unmask the Truth organization is advocating for constitutional freedom, faith, truth, and justice. And we want to empower people to stand up for freedom, stand up for themselves, know their rights, learn their rights, learn the Constitution, stand up for the freedom and rights of others who can't stand up for themselves. Yeah. It's definitely needed nowadays. And as you talk about trying to promote freedom, promote this faith, promote the truth, you, you talk about the media trying to silence some of this, especially with the voter fraud that went on. Why do you think the media has gone so much in the censorship here? I mean, I get before they've always given a little bit of truth, but then kind of manipulated it or twisted a little bit for their own benefit or for a certain agenda. I mean, journalism is essentially dead in many aspects, especially on the national level, uh, sometimes at the local level as well, unfortunately. But why do you think they did so much to just not even try to uh, question and be like, well, maybe there's something here. Maybe we should look into something, but there's just absolutely nothing whatsoever. There's not even a, a sliver of voter fraud at all. I have people on social media that say uh, that 2016 was fraudulent because Donald Trump didn't get in there. But this one was the cleanest, most efficient election that we've ever had in American history. And no one should even try to question voter fraud in this one. Why do you think that we've gone to that extreme? Well, I think that, um, like President Trump said, uh, China has a lot of involvement into what's going on in our country right now. And um, just the government overreach and control that is happening is mo much like uh, communist countries. And, um, you know, the uh, the virus that started at the beginning of the year came from China. And uh, a lot of the tactics that have been going on in the country since then are very much like the tactics that they use in China and in censorship uh, with the media and where the money comes from um, in paying them um, is, you know, if you follow the money and you'll know what the answer is to that question is. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the local activism for a second as we're talking with Betty Scarborough, uh, the founder of the Unmask the Truth organization. Local activism, actually showing your voice, making our voice heard. It is difficult, as we mentioned before a little bit, that conservatives have a more difficult time showing up at, at rallies and as opposed to the left where they like to do this professionally and they just on a day's notice get 300 people to show up because they got nothing else better to do. Uh, but when we when we make our voice heard as conservatives, as Republicans, when we show up and we make our voice heard, how important is that, especially right now in the Wichita and the South Central Kansas community, to do so as we go over the next couple of years here politically? It's very important for people to stand up for themselves. Um, I think that for too long, people have just stayed in their homes and, and just trusted that things were going to go the way that they should be going. 
And um, right now they're not going the way that they should be going. And, um, you know, we are we are still we the people and we we the people need to have our voices heard. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we're not being heard. Um, I um, had known of people going in to talk to the county commission weeks after weeks after weeks, m multiple times. Um, and the county commissioners are still not listening um, to people, you know, crying out about the mandates that are going on concerning the COVID. And um, the truth about that's not being told. The numbers are being skewed and and um, they're just not listening week after week after week. They're just not listening. Yeah. But um, we still need to make our voices heard. We still got to make the voice heard, and I think that uh, reinforces the idea that what we need to do is begin focusing on more local politics, doesn't it? When it comes to elections, to really pay attention to the city council races, to the county commission races, to the school board races, because when issues like this come up and we are affected at a local level, we need to have the right people in place to be true leaders to guide us through the right way, as opposed to what we're seeing right now. Don't you? Don't you think? Yes, that's very important. Education of the public is very important to let people know. Um, who the people are who are going to be running their government for them. Um, you know, getting back to grassroots, um, getting back to the old way of communication is, is really important too. I think we've gotten too stuck on social media and gotten too detached. And I think that the system has um, geared it to be that way. That was probably their goal. And, um, you know, we would like to see people getting back to, just calling each other again and talking to each other again and getting back to being together again, you know. Um, <laughs> what a wild concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy time, the fact that you can't even see half of your family when they say, don't go and see family for Thanksgiving or Christmas because, well, you're just all going to die from COVID. Last question before we let you go. With some of these mask mandates, they just extended them through uh, into February now. As we continue to fight these things, I mean, what can we do? Is it more? Is it more activism? Is it more rallying? Is it continuously harping on the city council and the in the county commission? Because right now, the city not only says yes, we're going to abide by the county mask orders and social distancing and limitations of mass gatherings, but we're going to have businesses be invoked from their uh, taking away their business licenses. We're going to punish them. We're going to find them if we end up having someone say that they're not abiding by these rules. What can we do about this? Well, a number of the things that you've mentioned are, are ways to do that. You know, speak out at the uh, uh, county commission meetings, um, just educating people on um, the mandate itself says that there are some exemptions in there. People can get familiar with what the exemptions are. Um, one of the exemptions is a medical exemption, and I'm a nurse, and um, I tell everyone that everyone has a medical exemption because we need to breathe, and the masks do. Um, cause a suffocating effect that can cause symptoms um, of anxiety, panic attacks, um, migraine headaches, um, other types of symptoms that are related to suffocation. Um, so the, the masks themselves um, are causing issues for people. And so that's why I had, you know, I tell people over and over again, we all have a medical exemption for these um, masks. Sure. 
It's an ongoing fight. We need to keep it up, and we appreciate what you guys do as you continue to make your voice heard, hold the rallies, and be able to try and reach out to our elected officials locally to try and make the policy changes needed. Uh, with the Unmask the Truth organization, Betty Scarborough, we appreciate the time very much. Keep up the fight. Thank you so much. Hey, Have a good day. Hey, you as well. Appreciate it very much. We've got some calls on the line. Don't go anywhere. It's open lines to you as soon as we come back after the break. We'll get your thoughts on all this and more right here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Ten minutes to the top of the hour. Welcome back into Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQEM. Feeling good. Feel good. Welcome back into the show. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join in, open lines to you. We have a lot to get to today with the shenanigans from over the week with our legislative session, with the punishment against our Republican delegation for challenging. How dare you do that? How dare you think for yourself? But we got some calls on the line, so let's go right to you as it's open lines for the rest of this hour. Line at number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, this is General Sean. Mr. Sean, what's happening, sir? Of the People's Revolutionary Army. I need to send a code to my troops right quick. The Death Star has cleared the planet. I say again, the Death Star has cleared the planet. (laughs) Now, them's fighting words for some, let me tell you. Well, I tell you what, man. I hate to be the bad bearer of bad news when I would prefer to be the good humor man, but uh, uh, if you thought last year was bad, uh, my prediction is this year is going to be ten times or more worse. So, <clears throat> Well, yes uh, and no. Yes and no. Here's my thoughts on this. is It's going to be worse in the sense that now Democrats have a majority in the presidency, the House, and the Senate, so they're going to ram through a whole bunch of stuff. But I, as I mentioned during the week, is there are a lot of things that we can be doing. We can be focusing on our state government to make sure that they don't uh, buy into the federal regulations coming down. We can oppose them and say, uh-uh, it's a state. We have states' rights. We can do what we choose to do as opposed to what you're telling us we have to do. And we can work on focus on our legislature to do that is one thing that we can do. We can also we can also have a little bit of control over this as they try to ban us and silence us on social media, as they try to punish us for being a Trump supporter or believing in, quote unquote, conspiracy theories because of voter fraud and all this other garbage. Uh, we can fight that something like the virus last year just shut everything down and it was out of our hands. We have a little when it comes to politics, we at least have a little bit more control over that than what we did with something like a virus. We're just like, oh, we're just going to shut businesses down or else you'll die. And we're, I mean, that's still ongoing, but now that we're a year into this, we have a little bit better grasp of how to handle that. So I'm more optimistic this year because the things that are happening at least are in somewhat our control, aren't they? Well, uh, no, no, no. (laughs) I I, I, I hate to have to disagree with you on this, but uh, the country's uh, divided. And I think what's going to happen is, uh, when they start riding roughshod over over the people, uh, they're going to provoke everybody's wrath. And uh, yeah. I think um, I think that the uh, the people who voted for the Democrats, I think that when they uh, get a taste of uh, what's about to happen, uh, I think a lot of them is going to uh, wake them up because they're going to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, well, <laughs> I didn't vote for this. You're absolutely but, right. But, I mean, but, here's the thing. There's, there's going to be civil unrest either way. I mean, if it would have turned the other way and Trump was able to maintain power, then the 
the protest, the burning of cities would have continued on and they would have started back up again and we would have had civil unrest. Now, I mean, we saw already a taste of it with the protests in Washington, D.C., which, again, I have not condemned. I condemned the violence, absolutely, the shootings and the tear gas and all the other garbage that went on. But the protest, even making people a little uncomfortable with the Capitol, I have not condemned because, you know what, that's our Capitol building. And I would rather take over our Capitol building than I would a private business looting their stores and stealing the cash register out of a target because that makes me feel better. So I have not condemned that. Uh, and you're right. If they uh, they think that, all right, you know what, conservatives, they got it out of their system, the conspiracy theories, we got it out of their system. Now we're going to ban you on social media. Now we're going to come after the president. And we're going to invoke the 25th Amendment. We're going to impeach him. We could possibly criminally charge him. Now the Democrats want to expel all of the Kansas delegation for even thinking about voting for uh, challenging the Electoral College. They think that we're going to go along with it. When they already got a slim little taste of how angry some people are, they don't even want to try and understand why we're so upset and frustrated, and yet they're going to now rub it in, rub the salt into the wound, and punish us for thinking that way. And they don't think that there's going to be a response for something like that. They got another thing coming. Now, as sad as that is, and as terrible as that is, because you're right, there's going to be, I think, I fear, and I pray that there's not, but I fear there's going to be violence and some shenanigans that go on this year. Uh, uh, guess what? It's only the beginning, but we are on, well, we are writing history as we speak. And I was telling this to Mrs. Voice of Reason actually just last night because she's like, I'm really worried of what's going to happen. I said, I'm worried. At the same time, I'm encouraged because... As soon as Joe Biden and the Democrats say, hey, guess what, Sean, we're going to take your firearms away. How many people are actually going to abide by that? Nobody. Nobody that's buying firearms that's been making the ammo completely run out across the nation that has back orders on firearms. No one's going to give those up when they try and take them. Watch all hell break loose. We are writing history as we speak. And you and I are going to be the leaders of this. You and I are going to be the ones after all of this to write the history books and say, wow, you know what, we fought for freedom, we fought for liberty, regardless of how that is, whether it's in the courthouse, whether it's in the legislature, or whether it's by other means. We are the ones that are fighting for this, and we're not going to back down. So as, as concerned as I am, I'm also optimistic, because as soon as they start laying down those rules and trying to rub that salt in that wound, then they just got a little taste of what's going to potentially happen. I don't want to see that, but we need to sit down and have a conversation. The only way to do that is for Democrats to be like, wow, Maybe there is something to voter fraud, and let's actually have a conversation here. Well, tell you what. Here's a little piece of history for you. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it's my understanding that uh, uh, when the uh, uh, when the, when the, when the uh, founding fathers uh, had had enough of uh, old King George negotiating in bad faith, <clears throat> they started talking uh, uh, uh seceding or uh, 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 declaring independence from uh, from England. But <clears throat> you know that only 25% of the colonists were for independence, yeah. or 25% were against, and apparently the other 50% at the time uh, uh, were apathetic. You know, they didn't care one way or the other. Yeah, well, uh, and I'm sure that we have roughly about those numbers now. I mean, with the num amount of firearms that are going out, people are concerned, and I'm sure that there would be some that would jump on it. God, I hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, if they do, then there are some that would support that, some that are obviously against it. And then the ones that follow, you know, Kim Kardashian on Twitter aren't just going to give a rip about what's going on because they're just going to go along with whatever. So, I mean, those numbers are probably still there, uh, the same that they were all the way back when. Sean, I love it. I appreciate it, brother. And uh, happy 2021 to you. I know it's going to be a concerning year, and it's going to be a wild year, even more wild than 2020. 
but um, we have a little bit more control over this. So we'll see what happens. Hour number two at Kansas Talk coming up. Stay here. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Hey, welcome into Kansas Talk, hour number two of Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. It is a Saturday. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Great to have you along as we kick off your Saturday, try and get you up and moving, get that blood flowing, get that pumping. Come on, man, you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Got a lot to get to, hour number two. It was a fast hour number one already, and I love having a couple hours to talk about this. The weekday show is way too short. One hour is not enough every day to talk about some of the issues going on. I mean, we can do two hours just in Kansas and then some on normal weeks. Great to have you along. Uh, thanks again to Betty Scarborough coming on the show at last hour. Coming up this hour, in just a minute, I want to play an interview with David Thorne. He is the new Cedric County uh, Republican chair. We had him on just a couple of days ago. Now, they are in a Cedric County Republican meeting right now, so some Republicans may not even be listening to the program at this time. If you're not at the meeting, then obviously, hopefully, you're tuned in here. And I want to play an interview that we did just uh, yesterday with David Thorne with the Cedric County Republican chair and talking about some local activism. Again, how can you get involved, what the goal is for the party over the next year in the off-election season, what we can do to begin countering some of the stuff that's going on and get ourselves repaired for another big election in the area. So we'll play that here in just a second. Also at the bottom of the hour, Dalton Glasscock, former Cedric County Republican chair, and the current Cedric County Commissioner until tomorrow, he'll be joining us in studio for the last half hour of the show to talk about some of the latest with the County Commission and giving his farewell and kind of what he's up to. So looking forward to chatting with him as well. You can also call into the program at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. This hour, as always, is brought to you by Phil's Coins. 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading your gold and silver with honesty and integrity. And we love Phil's Coins. They're open right now until 2.30 this afternoon, so make sure to go and check them out. Now is the time to go buy some gold and silver before the markets go crazy as we start spending massive amounts of money, even more so than what we already have. And the dollar gets inflated, and the value of the dollar drops, and the only thing that's going to be worth anything is tangible stuff. I did an interview yesterday, uh, two days ago, about Bitcoin, and I know nothing about Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrencies, and people have been trying to tell me to do it. I just have such a hard time because I'm about the material uh, value of something that's materialistic that I can actually hold and be like, wow, here's some value to this guy. It's very hard to just say that online, but I'm trying. I'm trying to learn, but until then, the uh, the basic, the safe place to go when it comes to your finances could be even just doing that emergency fund or setting aside nice coins that you like. Whatever it is, Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, also online at philscoins.com. All right, I want to get to our interview, David Thorne. He is the Cedric County Republican chair that was just voted in in November, so he's kicking off his two-year uh, reign as the chairman, talking about the latest with the county party after the elections, what we do moving forward, local activism, and a heck of a lot more. You can visit them online at sedgwick.gop. It's David Thorne with the Sedgwick County Republican Party. The new Sedgwick County Republican chair for the next couple of years, David Thorne with us. David, how are you, my friend? Oh, doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Andy. Hey, it's great to talk to you. First off, congratulations on the election and taking over the Sedgwick County Republicans. I am excited about what we have in store for the next few years because obviously it's been a wild ride with election season, but now that we're kind of off election season, it's kind of the 
I guess you could call it the healing, called the regrouping, and uh, getting ready to take uh, take us to the next level. Before we get into some of that, talk about your background a little bit. What have you been up to? Words, uh, what kind of industry do you work in? And what kind of led you to want to lead the county Republican Party? Yeah, well, I've been involved in the political spectrum for a long time. I gave my first political speech in 1994 in the state capitol. It was basically quoting part of the Constitution and preamble. So they were really good words. Uh, I find studying, I'm, I'm originalist when it comes to the Constitution, I find studying original documents, some of the writings of our prolific founding fathers, to be uh, really foundational to what we do in the political world. Uh, the other side, I think, is even more foundational, uh, is uh, reading the Bible. I believe it, its principles carry into how we should walk in our daily lives and how we should lead. Uh, I started my first business when I was 11 years old, a computer-based business. Yes, they had computers back when I was 11 years old, <laughs> long time ago. Uh, and I've been kind of going ever since, been a decade at Boeing, running a large organization for them called Finance Transformation. Really, believe it or not, through my political years and business years, a lot of my life has been about transformation. And most recently, really transformation for me. Uh, I'm learning a lot more right now, Andy. I'm embracing a lot more. Uh, maybe it's because I've lost all my hair and that's all I got left is to learn. But I'm really enjoying this window of time. So when I was approached early last year to run for uh, chair of the party, I, I kind of said, I'm not sure about that. I've got this young uh, custom software advanced analytics company that I run, and I'm focused on that, focused on uh, my large extended family in the Wichita area. But uh, I just saw that there was a real need I could not have imagined at that point how big the need would be, Andy, for healing, sure. restoring and healing so that we can rebuild. I'm much more of a builder, but perhaps God has continued to work on me and reform this clay so that I can be a healer as well. Sure. Well, and we need that. We need a lot of healing, especially after these elections that happened uh, nationwide and even here in the state of Kansas, although I think we did very well with Republicans statewide. Uh, but we need to focus on some of the local stuff. And uh, I mean, kudos to Dalton Glasscock, the former county Republican chair for what he's done uh, over the last couple of years gearing up for election season. But now, as you mentioned, now it's time to build. It's time to heal after the elections and begin to move forward, which is going to be that focus. I mean, as you talk about some of the rebuilding uh, we've seen a lot of issues that I think have damaged the party locally, unfortunately, because of some of the scandals with some of the elected officials in the area that have done some shady things and now we're in trouble. And we've seen some of the seats lose Republican control because of some of that. How do we come back from some of this? How do we heal after some of these shenanigans that have happened with some of the local elected officials? Yeah, the first thing is we stop pointing at each other. We stop hurting each other. It's hard to heal when you're hurting people and when you're getting hurt. And right now you look at some digital platforms like social media, and it's just a wasteland of emotion, uh, negative emotion. Yeah. So we have to stop that. We have to become more mature in how we communicate, more thoughtful and understanding, but also more mature and more clear. It's hard to rise above negative emotions sometimes to find the thought clarity, to provide uh, thought leadership and vision. But that's what we have to do. Uh, so we have to stop hurting each other first. And then we have to come together and unify to heal. Those that have caused problems, uh, they'll go on their way. And we, you can't always control everything that happens, right? But at the end of the day, you're responsible for what you do. And we're responsible for what we do. Uh, William Penn once said, 
good laws do not make good men, but good men good, make good laws. I would take that a step further, Andy. I would say, you know, good laws don't make good men and women, and good leadership doesn't mean everybody is going to make wise choices. Sure. But we have to instruct and lead them to make wise choices, and that's the other thing we can do. We, we can next help people make good choices, strong choices. So we begin by stop hurting, and then we provide thought leadership and clear messaging. Next, we build through engaging at all levels here locally. You're right. Our politics is local. So besides just communicating in key moments, we have to collaborate across a lot of organizations. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of affiliates. We have a lot of associated organizations, Republican Party, and they all have a great vision and strategy moving forward. They all need help, and we all have to collaborate. I cannot speak for certain communities in this area that have their own representatives, own leaders speaking for them, but I can help them as they grow their own voting block. Sure. Uh, next, we can provide some consistent uh, presence and transparency. You know, everyone shouts at the government, you should be more transparent. Well, that starts with us. Uh, finally, the last piece is we want to be able to channel support for our electeds. The seats that we did win, a big part of 21 and 22 is defending some of those gains we made in 20. So to do that, we have to be a channel of support. No public official is an island. They shouldn't feel like they're in a silo. We should channel grassroots support and engagement both ways for what they do. Sure. I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. Outside of uh, some of the city council and county commission seats that, uh, you know, we're struggling with and we need to get back into Republican hands, which I think we can do. I mean, the state legislative seats in the area, we did phenomenal over this last year. I mean, we beat out some really big Democrat incumbents. We won some seats that went a little bit more traditional conservative in the primary election. We beat out some Democrats in the general election. I mean, South Central Kansas and Cedric County especially did a phenomenal job uh, with Republican candidates in this last election. Now we just need to figure out how to focus on that to be able to bring some of those principles to the city and the county that I think we're kind of struggling in, don't you think? Yes, yes. Yeah, I walked door to door for seven campaigns last year, Andy, mm. uh, just touching people across the city to learn what their needs were, to understand. Uh, city races are going to be a little different. Local school will race to be different, 21, but we will use those as launching points. There's a lot of infrastructure in the party that's not been built. It kind of gets built, and then the campaign season ends. It kind of goes away. Uh, And all the effort that went into the last few years of building up to this moment just gives us a good opportunity to take that next step. So we're going to build infrastructure this year. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. Uh, You know, since I took office in early November, every day we've received uh, volunteers across our digital platforms coming and saying, hey, let me know what we can do. Let me know how we can help. And that's, that shows an incredible engagement continued well past Election Day. I love it. That's exactly. We want to keep that moving forward. You're, no, you're absolutely right. This is this is the time to move because there's no uh, taking a breath, unfortunately, in politics. Whenever we do, we end up taking a couple steps backwards. We're talking with David Thorne, Central County Republican Party uh, chairman, here looking towards the future. Now, uh, this Saturday, you guys have a meeting coming up as well, and as you mentioned, a lot of people advocating to want to come out, want to volunteer. Talk about some of the stuff you're working on right now, immediately to set the groundwork for that, and how people can help if they want to do so. And we're plugging in people to help us build that infrastructure right now, party infrastructure, campaign infrastructure, uh, supporting our two main pillars, voter registration and voter education. Voter registration is pretty straightforward. Uh, Central County Republicans 
have been sliding backward for most of the last decade, proportionate to Democrats and voter registration. Not a big slide, but there's a slide going on. Uh, second, on voter education, there's a lot of messaging. This goes back to understanding we have a lot of different uh, community groups in the Wichita area. Well, we have to understand them and let their own community message to them. We don't need to have uh, a balding white guy go message to a community of uh, other young people. They're going to say, well, <laughs> David, you're a different generation. You don't even speak the way we do. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't. But there are young people in the party that can speak to them. And across all these different types of voting segments, we have to build and message and go back to our basics. And our basics are Republican Party platform and those principles. We haven't talked about them in a while. Our identity has been much more closely attached to specific personalities than it has to our principles. Well, we have to get it back to the principles. Yeah. Well, and we can win that way, too, can't we? I mean, the, the conservative principles of just basic limited government, less regulation, lower taxes, more free enterprise, more individual sovereignty. I mean, those concepts, uh, when preached to really any demographic, really any age group, really any community within the area, I mean, when those principles are actually acknowledged, then most people agree with them. We just have to make sure that people are aware that that's the conservative message that can win, and we can win based on principle as opposed to emotion or attack ads, can't we? Exactly. Exactly. And part of that healing process is doing that exact thing. Hey, you know what? We do stand for limited government. We stand for individual responsibility. This means you are responsible, but also means that you are responsible. Mm -hmm. and, and defining and unpacking what that really means and how that applies to these different voting segments is so important. Uh, you know, we believe in the safety of human life. We believe in all these wonderful principles that, as you might say, 70 to 75 percent of this area agrees with. We just haven't been talking about it a lot. We've been pushing to candidates and saying, okay, you talk about it to your district, and then campaign season ends, and people are left wondering, hey, what's the Republican Party really stand for? Well, we will answer that question. Yeah. No, I love that. Last question, last couple of questions before we let you go. I know that you're busy, but uh, talking about bringing people into the party, is there an opportunity, and I've advocated for this for a very long time, some of the unaffiliated, the third-party voters, the libertarians, I mean, libertarians 60, 70, 80% of the time believe in conservative principles. We just kind of differ on some of the other issues. But, I mean, unaffiliated voters are the second highest registered voters in the in the state of Kansas outside of the Republican Party. I mean, it's not even close when it comes to Democrats who are kind of even at the bottom of the totem pole for the number of registered voters. Is there a way to bring some of those unaffiliated who may have conservative views, but just maybe not like the party thing? Is there a way to bring them back in and show that the party is working for them, especially at the local and the statewide level, and that we need their help to promote those certain values? I think there are several ways, Andy. Uh, I think one of those ways is uh, showing them the principles that we have that we agree on. If they agree with us on how we approach limited government, then let's talk about that. I think too many people want to step in with a litmus test that says we got to agree on everything. Yeah. The fact is, is uh, most libertarians I know agree with me not 60% of the time, but about 95% of the time. Sure. Or maybe that tells you more about me than about them. <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, I get calls every single day right now from people wanting to know where we stand, what our position is. And as we communicate that, I believe they will gravitate toward us, not just because we're the party of ideas and the party of freedom, but because we're the party that understands, and we're not just trying to push this reactive agenda on them. Uh, there's this vacuum of leadership, and we're going to step in. 
I love it. If people want to get, as you mentioned, I mean, the, the focus on this at the local level is where it changes. People don't like the party. People don't want party politics. This is the way to change things is at the local level because you mentioned it. Politics is at the local level. If they want to get involved, if they want to learn more about you guys, if they want to start showing up to meetings, they want to become a precinct committee person, uh, whatever they want to do in their little area, how can they reach out to you guys and how can they get involved? Yeah, great question. There's several ways. The best way is go to our website, uh, Cedric.gop, Cedric, like Cedric County, Cedric.gop, and you can fill out a contact form there. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, options there, but on Facebook, you can click a button and subscribe to our email. The best way to stay in contact with us is through that email. We've got thousands and thousands on that already, Andy, and it's it's uh, been very effective for us when when there were threats against uh, for a full shutdown again here in Wichita, when there are threats for other things, we've been able to make movement happen and really defend our principles. So get on that email list, subscribe to that, check us out if you want on our website, and uh, feel free to interact with us on social media. We're active every single day. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. You can find them all over the place. Again, Sedgwick.gop is that website. David Thord, Sedgwick County Republican Chair. We appreciate the time, my friend. Let's do, do this again here real soon and get an update from you guys. Sounds good, Andy. Thanks. Hey, there it is. That was David Thorne, the new Cedric County Republican chairman. They have their Cedric County Republican meeting going on right now. So we had to record that yesterday, but it was great to chat with him. We'll get him back on again here real soon. Got some calls on the line. Stay here. I want to get to you as soon as we come back from the break. Also, after the bottom of the hour, Dalton Glasscock, the former Cedric County Republican chair and Cedric County commissioner. He'll be joining us here in studio for a half hour chatting about some goodies. Looking forward to talking with him all right here on Candace Talk here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Twenty-seven minutes past the hour. Welcome back into Kansas Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. It is a Saturday morning. We try to keep it lighthearted, but ha! See how well that's worked out. These uh, this morning with all the craziness going on this week, Dalton Glasscock going to be hanging out with us here momentarily. We do have a phone call on the line, so let's get right to you here, shall we? Open lines at three one six seven two one eight two five five three one six seven two one. Talk. Good morning. Who's this? Scott. Scott, what's going on, sir? How we doing? Well, I think that. Uh... There should be a uh, some kind of a constitution amendment that all veterans should be able to hunt and fish for free in the state of Kansas, oh, and that an the idea. Republican Party needs to rebuild themselves so that they are able to be understanding that they are the America first people mm-hmm. and not this uh, globalist thing, and that the Democrats are just you know. Do you think they've tried that? Globalist people. Sure. Do you think they've tried that? I, I think the Republican Party has really tried to, and I mean, we got to give Donald Trump the credit for that, doing the America first, you know, uh, to make America great again. I mean, he started that movement and most Republicans have jumped on board. I mean, the Republican National Convention last year uh, really focused on that, on small business, on the minority communities with small business, with growing, with focusing on America, with focusing on Americans. I think they did a really big push on there that I think that uh, I think it was very successful. I think they did a great job with that, didn't they? I don't know, because there's too many people right now who don't understand it. They need to have better clarity of that, because what's going on now is that they're they're making it as if you are a racist, if you say America first. So they need to explain that every country puts their own people first. They don't put 
yeah. other people first. Well, and we do have some work to do. Obviously, the last COVID-19 stimulus bill, when we get you know $600 paychecks and then the foreign agencies and foreign governments get billions of dollars, kind of shows that I think D.C. is wanting to go back onto their track of let's go back to the norm. Let's go back to the way it used to be before Donald Trump and before the Republican uh, movement changed things a little bit so we can just go back to paying off our special interests. So, Scott, I'm with you. We do still have a lot of work to do on that one. Appreciate it. Got to take a bottom of the hour break. When we come back, Dalton Glasscock in studio hanging out with us here for a half hour to wrap up Candace Talk here on a Saturday on KQAM. Into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It is a Saturday, trying to wake you up in a rationally non-like angry way, but you know, it's politics, so what do you do? 316-721-8255, 316-721-Talk, Kansas Talk. Always presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading all your gold and silver with honesty and integrity. They are open until 2.30 this afternoon. Make sure to visit them also online at philscoins.com. In studio with us, it's been a while since we chatted, Dalton Glasscock, the former Sedgwick County Republican chair, the soon-to-be former Sedgwick County commissioner as well. I didn't realize tomorrow's your last day. You're the last one that I get to talk to. The last one. So I'm glad that we got you in here because I wanted to get you in. While you were a county commissioner, uh, which because I have to say I loved, loved, loved the irony of how all of this fell into place with what uh, all the events that led up to it, which was unfortunate. And I think it hurt the Republican Party locally. I know that you were chair at that time, so you've kind of seen the repercussions in the community with that. But how they tried to blame you and put all the blame on you. And now you've taken the reins to kind of fill in the void. I love the irony of that. So uh, to me, as a theatrics radio guy. That's beautiful. You can't make that kind of stuff up. Well, it's been an incredible opportunity to serve, and uh, I would have never imagined being in this position even two months ago, and I'm already done. Uh, But it's been a fantastic opportunity, and uh, I've really enjoyed it. I'm going to miss it, and I'm sad tomorrow's the last day because I think we've done a lot uh, for conservative principles on the commission. And hopefully we continue to move in that direction um, to begin to reopen our uh, economy. Sure, sure. Before we get into that, I do want to talk about that. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the last couple of years as Cedric County uh, Chair, because I got to help you out as your treasurer. I, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. And then I ended up leaving, moving to Ohio for six months and ended up having to resign. So but just kind of give a recap outside of the shenanigans at the very end there. What you did and what uh, what is the county Republican Party, what you were able to accomplish, and now with David Thorne taking the reins and kind of running with it to kind of where they're at and how we can move forward again. Yeah, I mean, we left the county party in very good hands, and uh, we had fundraised more than any uh, administration in Central County Republican Party history. We won more races uh, than any administration, and we also— Build a. Uh, we found a candidate in every single race. I love it. Um, which was my commitment when I got elected, um, and when you uh, ran on our slate, is that we would not leave any race unchallenged. And I believe our Republican principles can be articulated in every single community in every single part of our area. And we proved that, and uh, we won. And it was a fantastic night for Central County Republicans. 
And uh, I was very proud of the work we accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. It was a lot of work, and I know you guys put a lot of effort into it, and I was glad to be part of that. So uh, the the party is strong right now, and I see a lot of good things coming up over the next year as well for the off season to try and uh, kind of continue to build upon that. And hopefully candidates, as you mentioned, can fill every seat or at least try and be on the ballot for every seat. And, I mean, we had a heck of an election result here in South Central Kansas and especially Cedric County with the primaries, with the general election. I mean, we beat some really big Democrat incumbents in the area, and that's something that we need to be proud of. Yeah, we won every single race that we targeted here in Cedric County, and yeah. I think that's a testament to the hard work of our precinct captains and the hard work of our volunteers. You know, I think our biggest pickup was uh, Tom Kessler, which is uh, Mayor Whipple's old seat. Uh, we flipped that to a Republican seat, and he's going to be a fantastic representative in Topeka for us. Yeah, absolutely. And then all the leadership, of course, in the legislature is from South Central Kansas here as well with Dan Hawkins, uh, not Ron Reichman, obviously, but with Ty Masterson, with Blake Carpenter. I mean, we have some great leaders in this area that's going to continue on with that, isn't it? Sedgwick County is leading the state, uh, which we can all um, be very appreciative of. Yeah. And if you look at actually uh, the statewide races, Cedric County normally uh, is not uh, up there. And so when you look at gubernatorial race, treasurer's race, insurance, Ron Estes was the only statewide elected official from Wichita since the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And we need to change that. And I hopefully moving into two years from now, we begin to have Republicans from Cedric County run at a statewide level. I think having our administration um, from Wichita in the Capitol is fantastic, but let's also figure out all those other seats as well. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about some county stuff. You've been on the county commission for how long? A couple, 39, couple days. 39 days. It'll be all 40 right. tomorrow. Fantastic. And tomorrow is your last day. You gave uh, a little bit of a farewell speech at the county commission meeting this week. Uh, to, uh, talk about your your short stint on the county commission, but what did you get to accomplish and work on there? Well, what you know, my belief is the government that governs best is one that's local. And I have seen that firsthand and I cannot be have more confidence in our local government than I do after leaving this seat. I had the chance to tour every single department in Central County and meet with our staff. Uh, We have an incredible group of staff. And when we talk about government in Washington, D.C., we all know that they have a lot of problems. We all know Topeka has problems. (laughs) But when you think about government locally, that's your fire. That's your EMS. That's your parks department. That's people that are your neighbors that are engaging every day. They care about these same issues because this is their community as well. And that's something that I've noticed firsthand and also just the decades of experience of everybody on the county. I think I was walking around with the park supervisor at Lake Afton uh, and all of our other parks, and he's been there 35 years. That is incredible, and we need to realize that we have that asset here in our community and so much experience. And so, you know, nobody is going to outwork me for 40 days, and I made sure to take every single opportunity I could to see this community. And now I can be an ally on the outside and be able to tell the stories of Cedric County to citizens and uh, really be able to show the great work that we're doing here in Central County. And I think we need to model that really across the nation as well. Sure. The uh, talking with some of the county commissioners, working with them, and even though you're not going to be on it for 2021, but looking at some of their agenda when it comes to budgetary issues, when it comes to some of the uh, repercussions of COVID-19, I mean, are we in a decent state, do you think, in the county? Do we need some work to kind of revamp some things? How are we moving into the new year after the after a year of a pandemic? You know, moving into COVID, our economy was thriving. And yeah. I think we can get back to that. And I'm hoping that for that V-shaped economy that everybody's speculating. And I really think we can do that here in Central County because our commission and our staff are very focused on reopening this economy and trying to get back to a normal. And I think our vaccine rollout has been successful here in Central County. Whatever vaccine we get is being administered to people immediately that want it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge testament to our staff as well. And we need to keep moving that direction. I want to have, you know, everything reopened and, you know, every vote that I took was to reopen in some small way to be able to get our economy back up. You know, as a small business owner myself, 
I understand the importance that small businesses cannot live in that environment. This only yeah. helps big businesses. This only helps people that are going to be fine regardless. And uh, we really need to get those small business leaders back up and running and get our doors back open. How big of a challenge was that to work on slowly reopening things? I mean, uh, from the comments that we hear from Dr. Minz, I mean, he said at the very beginning that if he could, he would just do a complete mar- you know, isolation, close everything down for two years to make sure that this all goes away kind of thing. Uh, I mean, we're seeing businesses struggle. We had the open-air ICT, great idea during the summertime to try and do outdoor business. Now it's cold. Bars and restaurants can't do outdoor business and sit out and try and have a burger when it's freezing at 10 degrees outside. I mean, are we slowly moving in that direction or are we still kind of, you know, stalled right now? I think we are moving in that direction. And uh, even most recently, uh, Dr. Mims, you know, his focus is health orders and he's an expert at that. And, you know, there's other people in our community that are experts at business. Our job as elected officials are to weigh everything and to make a decision based on that knowledge. And I really do think we're moving towards reopening our businesses. And Cedric County numbers have been very um, moving in the right direction. And uh, hopefully that continues to move in that direction as well. And I'm very confident in our citizens to make smart decisions, uh, to be able to socially distance, to still take precautions. And I trust our citizens to make these decisions themselves and get government out of the way. Well, and that's what most people do. I don't see anybody walking around really without masks, not because the government told them to, but just because it's, you know, kind of what they're doing. I'm going to walk through a store and the stores are trying to abide by it. The people are trying to abide by it. I went to the mall and they're like, oh, you can't come into the store because, you know, we have to wait until someone else comes out sort of thing. So it's already happening. Uh, you know, whether the government needs to be pushing that or not, I mean, that's been the ongoing debate really since the beginning of this, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's one where they're scared, but yet we just kind of do it on our own. Yeah, and I, that's, I have full trust in our citizens that they're making the right decisions for their family, and I have full trust in our business leaders that they're making the right decisions for their customers. And I know everybody is still taking precautions, and we just can't give up. You yeah. know, after especially this past year and even these, what we're probably on December 38, I think, is uh, <laughs> it, the, the 2020 has not ended, and we need to really be able to be focused moving forward and not lose sight of still taking precautions. This is almost done. We're almost toward the tail end, and so let's keep being safe and keep moving forward as a community. Yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, vaccine distribution right now, we're at the bottom of the list, according to the CDC and the state of Kansas as a whole. Governor Laura Kelly, I don't know, she says everything's great. Uh, they're saying that we've kind of flopped on trying to get it distributed, but once it's gotten to Sedgwick County, you said that we have been pretty efficient. We've actually been able to get this out we're appropriately. Not, we're not holding any vaccines out. Every single vaccine that's coming in Sedgwick County is being dispersed to our public. And we have we have a vaccine location located at Interest Bank Arena that we're abiding by Kansas guidelines of uh, phase disbursement. And so here in Central County, we're doing it correctly. And I think a lot of counties across the state could also model us after that. Yeah, I heard a story, I think it was on the western part of the state, where they weren't getting even the shipments that they had. They were supposed to have some come in. They went to the wrong county, the wrong health department. So there's some shenanigans there. But once it gets here, at least we know that it's being taken care of. I mean, it sounds like nurses are starting to get kind of a sigh of relief of, oh, we're getting the vaccine. And now we can actually feel comfortable coming in and taking care of some of these patients. Yeah, even yesterday I saw people getting their second dose. And so here in Central County, we're starting to get our second dose of vaccines and hopefully, you know, once we, you know, do nurses and doctors, we can move on to um, elderly in our community. We can move on to teachers because teachers should be vaccinated so we get our students back in the classroom because that's how we keep our parents at work. Yeah. And uh, it's really a full effort. And, you know, when you feel comfortable getting a vaccine and when it's your 
And once your time, make sure to go out there and get it. And that's the best way and the quickest way we're going to be able to open our economy back up. Sure. Is the county commission still focusing a lot on testing in the area? I know that we had a lot of testing sites. They were pushing testing a while ago. But now that the vaccine's out, is that still a priority? Or now are we focusing away from uh, spending money on the on the testing kits and more on the vaccine distribution? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Please get <laughs> tested. Even if you know don't have any symptoms, you've been around somebody that may have been infected, go and get tested. It's a free test. We do it at the Cedric County Extension Office over on Ridge and 21st. It's a free test. I walk through the facility. It takes you less than five minutes. You can choose which test you want. You can choose a nasal test. You can choose a saliva test. Um, you can choose a mouth swab test. You can choose whatever you want. You're in and out. It's a very efficient process, and we're very lucky here in Sedgwick County uh, to be partnering with Wichita State University and their molecular diagnostic lab. They're able to process over 4,000 tests a day. Yeah, that's a big deal. We're not going to run out of tests, and so please go get tested. If you think you have any exposure, if you have the slightest symptom, it's better safe, then you can figure it out, and then you can re-engage in your life as well. Yeah. Now, does that, uh, does that also include the antibodies if you had the virus maybe like a month ago when you were sick but weren't sure, and now you want to test to see if you have the antibodies for it? Does that is, Are those tests included too? We don't do the antibody okay. test at the extension office, but there are almost every single family practitioner in our community does that. Interesting. Okay. Very good. Well, at least we know the testing's still secure. Vaccines are slowly getting there. And we heard the VA, uh, the VA center, the Dole VA center is actually getting it now as well for uh, to start getting some of the veterans uh, with the uh, the vaccine too. So we're moving in the right direction slowly. Yes. And all vaccines aren't coming to the Cedric County government. Um, there are also vaccines that went specifically towards the um, hospitals and vaccines that went to the VA that we didn't even come in contact with. And so they're doing their own disbursement. And I think we're moving in the right direction. And we all just have to keep taking precautions moving into the new year. <laughs> Do you think uh, Dr. Mintz did extend the health order with the limiting of mass gatherings, the mask mandates, all the stuff until the beginning of February? Do you think that's still going to be extended for another month after that? Or uh, can by that time, do you think we have enough vaccines where we could be like, you know, we don't re really don't need to shut down bars at 11 o'clock at night. If we keep moving in the direction that we've seen this week, then I believe that more things will be open. We're moving in the right direction. Um, our numbers this week of COVID positive rates were the lowest since October 23rd. And so that was prior to, you know, the second kind of wave. So we're moving in the right direction. And uh, I, I feel that we're going to be opening up. Uh, the Dr. Mims was going to do the order six weeks. He reduced it to four weeks. And really, that was just because we didn't know what was going to happen with this New Year holiday sure. and uh, try to figure out what the repercussions of that were if people did take precautions. But I would say after four weeks, there will be some more loosening of restrictions. Well, the good news was they were really concerned about a big spike in COVID cases after Thanksgiving, like, oh, we're going to see this massive outbreak. And it didn't happen, uh, which was good news. So now that we went through Christmas, we went through New Year's, I haven't really seen the massive spike because it's, as far as I'm aware, I mean, the numbers have kind of plateaued in the area, haven't they? It goes back to I trust our citizens to make decisions. Yeah. Uh, for to protect their families and protect their businesses. And I think our citizens are making the right decisions to keep everybody safe. I also think adult beverages maybe kill off the virus. What do you think? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you do enough adult beverages and it just kills everything in you. You're good to go. That's one way. Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm sticking with that theory, and that's okay. Uh, moving forward, let's shift gears from COVID for a second and talk about the county um, financially-wise. Are you concerned maybe the county commission would have to talk about tax increases in the area with some of the lost revenue over the last year, or is the government doing okay right now, Cedric County-wise? There have been no discussions regarding that uh, during my time on the commission. What really helped us was the COVID CARES relief fund that we got from the federal government. And so we got $100 million that we were able to disperse uh, to people in our community and to be able to help um, 
either with county operations to make sure that we were still functioning as normal or to engage that in the community as well. And so we're actually in an okay position. Obviously, things could be better, um, but we were we had a good year prior to that that there's been no discussions regarding that uh, that I've heard of. Sure. Very good. Let's go ahead and take a break here real quick. Uh, about 11 minutes to the top of the hour. If you want to call in, ask any questions, leave any comments, 316-721-8255. We'd love to hear from you as well. As we hang out with Dalton Glasscock, Cedric County, former Cedric County Republican Chair, Cedric County Commissioner right now until tomorrow. I want to talk about some of the transition when we come back as well and some of your plans, what you're working on and some of the things that you're doing as well as we continue with the community activism here in the area. It's Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. About six minutes to the top of the hour. Wrapping up the show today goes by way too fast. Joe Peggs with Weekend. He'll be live up here in a couple minutes after the top of the hour news as well. We here on Kansas Talk are hanging out with Dalton Glasscock. You've had a heck of a last couple of years uh, running with the Cedric County Republican Party and being the chair there, being a Cedric County commissioner. And again, the irony, absolutely love it. Fantastic. Uh, now you are uh, officially resigning. So yesterday, or whatever day it was, Wednesday, your Cedric County Commission meeting, kind of gave your farewell speech. Talk about kind of, um, again, your experience with it, what you got out of it, and what your plans are now that you're uh, stepping down from the commission. Well, after I finished my term as chairman of the party, I told myself that I was taking a step back from politics, and then less a month later, I got elected to the commission. So (laughs) Well done. I realized not to plan too far in advance because your plans will change. They just suck you in, man. They they do. Uh, But I look forward to returning back to the private sector, and that's what government service is all about. That's why we're engaged in this. This isn't a career. This is you serve when you're supposed to serve. You step aside, and if another opportunity comes available, I'm very open to that opportunity. Um, but public service is not about the person sitting in that role. It's about the seat and the people you represent and the 102,000 people of District 2 that I represented. And there's sure. plenty of qualified people in, a, in District 2 that could have also sat in that seat. And so it was a real honor and a privilege to be able to sit in that seat. And I just can't speak highly enough of county operations and the entire staff um, from County Manager Soltz to even all of my colleagues, every single person on that commission, regardless if we agreed on every single issue, truly is passionate about this community and truly cares about this community. So moving forward for me, I'm going to go back to the private sector, uh, run my radio station uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, but then also I'll be teaching at Wichita State University, um, teaching American politics. Really? I yeah, will Teaching be. American politics might have to sign up for the class. I, I've heard that. So I, I wonder how <laughs> many people uh, will actually be in the class. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if it's going to be online or in person. I think right now it's going to be starting online, but hopefully uh, moving in person. Since this is the first time I'll be teaching, I would prefer to talk in person. Sure. I don't know how I'm going to fill up an hour and a half of talking every uh, two days a week. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Well, congratulations. That's going to be a lot Thank of you. fun, especially, I mean, educating the youth is what it's all about, right? It is. And just showing people, hey, they're... The Republicans' values work. And, you know, too often at a university, you only hear from one side. And so I want to present the opportunity. Hey, you know, I'll have Democrats in the class. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a discussion. Um, But I also want to be very open about my bias. And I think that's very fair to students is I do have a bias. Recognize everything I'm saying comes with a bias. And then you can disseminate information. I think we're naive when we uh, 
tell you know people, oh, you should be unbiased. There's no such thing as an unbiased person. Exactly. Be honest about your biases and let people process information. But there's no such thing as an unbiased person. I love it. That's exactly what we need. And it's um, hopefully it's going to really open the eyes for many people to have that discussion because I'm sure that a lot of them aren't familiar with knowing how to have the conversation because they get too emotional and oh, you're just you're a Trump supporter, you're a progressive, you're a social, and it's all of a sudden it's now. I don't like you, so therefore it's kind of some friction going on. So having the conversation is going to be really good, and uh, it's that's really what you promoted as the county chair as well. I mean, it was conservative values win in the discussion. You just need to have the discussion to try and open their eyes and be like, well, actually, that does make sense. Yes, it's all about conversations, and I believe every problem in the world can be solved over a cup of coffee or a beer. And uh, we need to do a lot more of that, having one-on-one conversations and really seeing people as fellow Americans. We all need to turn down the heat about 100 degrees, (laughs) calm down, let's have a conversation, let's debate, and let's still debate passionately because these ideas do matter and our issues do matter. But let's have a conversation realizing that most people are walking into the discussion with good intentions and a good heart, even if we disagree. Sure, absolutely. Uh, how many people are going to be in your class? Do you know? Do you have the roster? I think or it's thirty-six. Yet? I think I have oh, twenty-seven okay. signed up. Thirty-six, but you know, as a college student, I waited till like the last week to sign up for most of my classes. Well, yeah, then there's that as well. So, well, very good. Uh, I'm glad to get you in here. Uh, congratulations on everything. Thanks for what you've done for the community. I know that you're not going anywhere from the community, and community activism is still a big thing. But uh, moving on and being able to help out the next generation is what it's all about. So we appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me. On. I appreciate it. Always a good time. We'll do it again here real soon. Dalton Glasscock right there, Sedge County Commissioner, until tomorrow when you're all tomorrow officially Tomorrow at done. noon. Tomorrow at noon. It's all finalized. That's it for us here on Candace Talk today. We'll be back at it next week. Another lineup of great guests as well. Make sure to stay tuned in. Also, the voice reason the national program on Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. right here on KQAM. You can always hear that one. Until then, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Joe Peggs live with the weekend coming up here momentarily right here on the Big Talker KQAM.